0: Fiction and reality, new stories, new ideas. Little Beth Entertainment.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. I am your host, the Rocket Noob, and today we are talking with Frank Burke of Dinosaur Rocketry. Frank makes these amazing, large, but very lightweight, radio-controlled rocket gliders. They go up like a rocket, And they come down like, well, like an airplane or a glider, basically. You may have seen these online on Facebook or on the Rocketry Forum. They're pretty amazing, beautiful creations. And you can get one or more because he makes and sells the kits at his website, dinosaurrocketry.com. That's D-Y-N-A-S-O-A-R, rocketry.com. Of course, we will link to Frank's website in the show notes at our website, themodelrocketshow.com, if you want to check those out and pick yourself up one or several. The other fun thing about this show is that I am not the host. Model rocket guy Jesse Yu, one of the co-hosts of the Rocketry Show, is taking the host seat on this one. I had a scheduling conflict, and Jesse knows Frank, he loves Frank's work, and he's seen his rocket gliders fly on several occasions, so we thought he'd be the perfect person to sit down and chat with Frank. The Model Rocket Show thanks rocketryforum.com for their support. This is L Corinth, that's my username, and I've been on the Rocketry Forum for seven years. The Rocketry Forum is a global community of rocketeers who openly discuss all aspects of hobby rocketry. So if you have a question, hop on and ask. There are hundreds of experts who can answer just about any rocketry question you have. So check them out today at rocketryforum.com. Com. All right, let's get to it. Jesse Yu talking with Frank Burke of Dinosaur Rocketry on The Model Rocket Show at the modelrocketshow.com starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to The Model
0: Rocket Show, a podcast that is all about low and mid-power model rockets. Like the ones you buy at hobby stores and fly in a park. And now, here is your host, Daniel the Rocket Noob. Hey everybody, this is Jesse from The Rocketry
2: Show filling in for the noob for The Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. Our very special guest is somebody that I'm very honored to talk to and very honored to have on this show. And he's also a personal friend. I got to hang out with him a few times. I'd like to present to you Mr. Frank Burke from Dinosaur Rocketry. Frank offers a huge line of vertical boosted gliders, that he helps uh, maneuver on the way down. He's gonna talk to us a little bit about that. Frank, sir, how are you doing, my friend? Doing great, glad to be here. We're glad to have you for sure. It's been, you know, we've been trying to get you on for a while and we're glad we're able to do that for this. Um, You know, the model rocketry show is based on low power and mid power rocketry. And we understand that the gliders that you produce are also around that realm. But, you know, even more so than that, they're, they're complex, but also not. So yeah, let me get some information on what you're doing there with Dinosaur. All How right. did Dinosaur get started? What made you want to like start producing these, these awesome gliders that you put out for your, you know, the communities here? So, um,
3: back in 2005, I was just getting back into, uh, RC modeling and I, uh, ran across some things on RC groups, um, which is a forum and, um. A lot of guys were doing things with Depron, which is an uh, a expanded polystyrene foam sheet that they use in Europe for uh, right. floor and wall insulation. And I started making my own designs and posting plans. And um, I posted an X-15 plan, and uh, one of the users uh, built one of them and put a rocket motor in it and um, made a little nice. cradle for an RC airplane. and uh, dropped it off of the airplane and air lit the motor, and I thought, "Hey, that's pretty neat." And so I uh, started doing the same thing to uh, some of my designs, and I did a presentation in uh, 2015 at uh, NARCON, and um, I got right. a lot of good feedback on on using foams for um, radio control uh, rocket gliders, which hadn't really been done uh, widely, right? Um, yeah, I agree until that point. And um, people were asking me, hey, these are really neat, but I don't know where to get the materials because these weren't, you know, these were rocketeers. These weren't RC airplane guys. So they asked me if uh, I'd be interested in maybe making some kits. And so 2015, I started doing them and um, I've been doing them ever since and refining them, coming up with new models. Um, I've designed about 60 different unique Holy kits moly. in that time. Um, some of them were short runs, some of them were special things when I could get access to particular nose cones or body tubes or good deals right. on things. And so, you know, when I run out, uh, that was it for, for those kind of things. Some I did pre-orders, um, like a Klingon Battle cruiser, which required laser cutting. So I had oh, wow. to order a certain number of those parts, and so when they're done, I can't, I can't do uh, one-offs. But, uh, right. but most of the kits that I, the, all the kits that I do now are all cut to order. So uh, wow. I go down in my garage and uh, use the templates I've made and cut out your kit and ship it to you. So um, there's all the ones that I'm making now are, are you know they're, they're currently in the line and should be there uh, unless I don't get much interest for a year or so and then I, I drop this. So I drop things from time to time. right. Um, if, if they're not getting interest and bring sometimes I'll bring stuff back. You know sometimes you hit a good market window and people are really into something.
2: That's pretty much the industry. I mean, I've noticed that a lot of, uh, you know, rocket manufacturers, and I, I know pretty much everybody that's out there, um, that's exactly the point. And, you know, depending on the parts that you have and what you're available and, you know, the designs and, you know, the popularity. I mean, there, there's some rockets that stick around for a while and there's some that, you know, kind of fall to the wayside and then all of a sudden they make this big appearance back. So I can imagine that you go through a lot yeah. of that.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, it's it's odd. The Like the, the Klingon battle cruiser, I got a huge right. interest. Like you get this small pocket of people that are really into Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Got to have one of those, right? I sold 30 of them, you know, in a couple That's of months. That's still pretty impressive. 30? Um, wow. Well, this, yeah, this is a really small niche market, right? right. So you've got to find people that are, because um, what, what I typically say are RC guys are very cheap. So <laughs> they're like, why would I want to spend 6 or $7 for one flight when <laughs> I can buy a $15 brushless motor and fly it forever? Sure. Rocket guys right. or I don't care how much the motors cost, but I'm afraid <laughs> I'm going to kill it. So oh, you got that small crossover of people that are willing to learn or comfortable with RC fixed wing planes and rocket guys, right? So like that Klingon, you know, I got this huge rush and then right. nothing for a year. And so it, it'll be like that, right? You'll get something, you know, that like you've got Battlestar Galactica guys that just have <laughs> to have this thing right. or Star Trek guys and then... Just nothing, and you'll think, "What I, you know, I thought it was really neat, but you know, that's so there." That was that small group of people that really thought that was neat, and um, you know, you never, you never really know. Um, anything SR seventy one based or X fifteen based is pretty popular. Yeah, for um, sure.
2: I don't think that a lot of folks have the knowledge of the background that you have in rocketry. Um, can you kind of explain some of your past history um, as far as you being a rocketeer? Uh, I know you have built some big birds back in the day. And we've even talked, you know, uh, we've mentioned you on the Rocketry show about, you know, some, uh, you know, your five and a half inch Iris clone that you had created long ago that I tried to compete with and just kind of failed at. But, I mean, can you kind of give, you know, the listeners a background of what you have done Rocketry-wise for yourself?
3: Sure. So, I did uh, Rocketry back in the mid-70s when I was a kid, you know, from the, you know, eight to ten-year-old range right. um, up in Seattle. We flew at the... uh kent boeing space center they had a model rocket club there got it. and uh, my dad would take me and i did you know typical Estes stuff and um then uh, you know got out of it did, did rc stuff for a while um uh college those kind of things and then about early to mid 90s um discovered you know aerotech motors and high power stuff Oh, right. named guy named Dave Davis, uh, up mm-hmm. in Seattle and, uh, Bill Manis, who was, uh, Impulse Aerospace, uh, back in the day. And they were flying out of, uh, Monroe, Washington. And, wow. uh, History, I ran guys. across them, got back into it, um, did some, uh, you know, did, did, uh, you know, I did a, a big lock V2 that was on the cover of uh, high power rocketry. Wow. Um, uh, back in the day, um, mid, mid nineties, um, did some hybrid stuff that iris that you were talking about that, mm-hmm. that used some of the, uh, some demo flights for aerotechs, uh, J and K hybrid motors that were just coming out because of the, um, uh, ATF right. regulations, um, did some two stage stuff. Um, and, um, then it kind of went on the back burner again when I had kids and, um, then, uh, Got back into it a little bit um, when I started doing the rocket gliders, and and now I kind of play with all kind of you know model rocket size things, um, rocket gliders up through H power level now. Um, um, I I'm, I'm primarily focused on the rocket glider stuff. Um, that's yeah, for me sure. to, I you know I don't have to go to launches. I can go you know ten minutes away. I've got two different RC clubs. So and George Rocker my buddy lives about a half mile away so i've got a lot of places i can fly from so that's typically what i'll do i'll I'll, you know go to launches still for fun and fly some of the uh the big stuff i've got but so i've been um
2: i've been privileged to see you fly some of the gliders Um, the first time i saw you fly was at narum uh 60 back in a 2018 down in pueblo here in colorado where i reside that's the first time i got to see you fly some stuff and then You know, by surprise, you just happened to be at FITS, you know, Fire in the Sky in uh, Washington back in 2019, you know, around Memorial Day. And I'm going to get to see you hopefully here in the next, you know, couple of weeks here at NSL down in Colorado again when it's, you know, in my neck of the woods. So that'll be the third time I get to see you fly some stuff. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Heck yeah. Um, You know, Frank, um, one of the big questions that I have from people that I've spoke to about the gliders that you present, um, you know, cause you always put posts on Facebook. You always have a very big presence on the Rocketry Forum. And some of the things that, you know, I hear feedback wise is that seems too complicated for me. And, you know, I-, I listened to a recent podcast that you did on another show and, you know, you had it kind of explained, you know, some of the build and that it can take up to, you know, an hour to 90 minutes to put one of these together. So it doesn't sound like it's as challenging as what people are perce- perceiving it to be, right? So can you kind of talk about like how you would migrate from doing rocketry into building one of your gliders and, you know, sending it off?
3: Right. So the the building part is extremely simple. So um, that was part of the reason why I was making these kits. And my uh, approach to these are um, I'm doing the majority of the prefab work that you would probably screw up if you're not an rc guy okay so i'm i'm cutting the wings out i'm hinging the control surfaces okay i'm pre-punching holes for the uh actuators Um, the control rods are already bent to the right length okay Um, i include wiring that is what you'll need to adapt your battery to plug into the receiver to power it Um, it includes rail buttons the holes for the rail buttons are already pre-punched wow the body tubes are hand slotted for the tail and or wing depending Um, and the spars are generally pre-installed or at least they're grooved for where they would go Um, and they include a special tape to tape over the spar once you glue it in if it's not already glued body tubes are cut to length um the nose cone shoulder is already cut off. That's typically where you'll Velcro the receiver and or battery in. So really, I mean, the in the simplistic way, really, you know, when you take the parts out of the box, you're unfolding the wing, gluing a joint maybe, okay, gluing it to the fuselage or sticking it through a slot in the body tube and gluing it in place and then sticking the tail into a slot. And gluing that in place, and then you glue, you know, one to three little strips on the motor tube, sand them so they'll slide in, and you glue that in, and you're done. You're making it sound way too easy. I mean, it's it literally is very simple. (laughs) Maybe you want to add 20 minutes if you want to take a straight edge and kind of uh, and an exacto and cut a bevel on the surface edges instead of sanding it because it's a little easier to do without tearing the the foam uh, you can get a little heavy-handed with sandpaper I, I now just cut a little bevel on each side just a 16th inch you know take a straight edge and zip it down and you can do that ahead of time um, and that's it and then the you know the, the radio installation the servos are just glued in place okay. on the wing um, I found that double back tape tends to loosen when it gets real hot right so I just Makes use sense. the foam safe super glue this is all done with foam safe super glue and accelerator. That was no one epoxy. of my next questions. epoxy's heavy, no right. hot glue. Don't use any other glues, just foam-safe CA. Okay. And, um, all the construction goes really, really quick. Um, you know, and then you glue the two servos in place and make sure the controls are straight, make sure they move the right direction, route a couple of wires into the tube, tape them down. And, uh, you know, Velcro comes with Velcro to Velcro the, the, uh, the receiver and the, um, the battery in place. You have, you have to provide your own servos and, and battery and got it, et cetera. Right. Um, but, uh, and then you just, uh, you know, stick a loaded motor in and balance it. Wow. And, and that's it, you know, finishing, um, a lot of, you know, the kits all come with white body tubes and nose cones and, um, the foam is white. So right. typically if the model is white, I don't paint it at all. Got I'll it. maybe right. put a little clear packing tape on the bottom of the tube if you're going to land in wet grass or something, just so does not right. get wet. That makes sense. Um, uh, painting the 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 Depron foam is sensitive to paints, so you have to be careful. If you're using a water based acrylic, that should be okay. I use okay. testers testers enamel spray. All right. In the little in the little rattle cans, and exactly. if you don't get real close to it, that won't melt the foam, and it looks real good. Um, they're a little little more pricey. Sure. Um, um, and then the, uh, the, the decals, um, the kits don't come with decals because I, I prefer cut vinyl okay. decals. And I've worked with uh, Mark at Sticker Shock. Yeah, for sure. And I've designed the sets of decals to be kind of a reasonable price that look good. And all of the online instructions, all the instructions are online with, with pictures. And so you can see how the kits, if you just click on any picture off the main website, It'll go to the kit instructions. You can see how it goes together step by step. Awesome um, if you have any questions. and then there's a link on each instruction set to Mark's website to uh, for, for to order the decals and they they're they're self- adhesive, so you just apply them onto the foam and then you use a hot hair dryer and rub them down with your finger. And the foam has a little bit of texture. but if when you nice. soften them that way, it really conforms into the foam and it looks like it's painted. And they look so much better than just normal peel and stick stickers or right, right, right. Um, water-based stuff, which would require you to paint and then put some kind of clear coat, clear a coat, lot of right. clear coats, old, old melt foam. Um, so I, I generally don't go with that. And and the reason they don't come with the decals is a lot of people are getting cricket cutters now yeah. and they <laughs> want to do their own thing. So they don't right. want to pay 15 or $20, which what it would cost me to get them from Mark.
2: Right. And, or or and the I, time I just, to produce on uh, yourself,
3: right. Right, right. And, and I just don't sell enough to warrant, uh, you know, investing in, in, a, you know, something something like that and expanding into that. And I, I like, you know, supporting Mark. He's a great guy. He does good work. He can customize anything right. that, you know, he has. And, you you know, so if you've got something and you want something different, um, he can do it. He does a great job. So, yeah, you know, and the decals. And then, um, you know, for... Little little added details. Most of my my models, I've used a I use a fine line sharpie and some straight edges, and I'll put panel lines. I'll look mm-hmm. at a three view, and you know if it looks a little sparse, I'll add a few things that kind of look like maybe it should you know should be. It's all made up. It you know nothing nothing's really serious. Or on the black models, I'll use a, a silver sharpie right <laughs> um, in the same manner, and it, you know it just it makes things kind of pop a little bit, and you know it takes you know half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, to add that, and um, uh, it's real, real simple. So there's not much to it. It's it's the the, the main thing with these kits is, are you need to be a comfortable fixed wing RC flyer. Okay. So you need you need to be able to fly a fixed wing plane that goes about fifty to sixty miles an hour with ailerons. Okay. If you can handle that. You can you can handle that. That's fifty or sixty miles an hour is about how fast these boost uh, the X fifteen a little faster. Um, and then once they're gliding, they're extremely light. These, these things all weigh between, you know, five to about 12 ounces. Wow. And they're pretty big. They're, you know, uh, you know, two feet to three feet long, maybe a little bigger depending on the model. Um, and that's the key. And so they're, they're very gentle in glide. It's just the boost. There really isn't a good way to do a a hands-off boost with these, You you know, you have you have to keep your head in it. There's always a little wind, right? You know, the wires from the igniter can pull a little bit sometimes. And so you just always have to be putting the model where you want, but you can fly in very heavy. I mean, I, I've flown in, you know, 12 to 13 mile an hour winds.
1: I've seen you do handle
3: it. it just fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, once, once they clear the rail, you just point it the direction you want and then it doesn't care that the wind's blowing and it's it's a little bit of fun when the wind's blowing because you can kind of get them in the right angle and they'll just hover,
2: kind of catch and it, Yeah, you just kind of do an
3: <laughs> elevator landing where they just stay. They just kind of come slowly down. And
2: let let me give a testament to this. So I, I've seen Frank probably probably fly. I'm going to say probably you know around eight gliders total uh, in the amount of time that I've you know got to see some of your stuff. So you know let me attest uh, to the design of these birds that he that he creates here. If you are interested in getting into gliders, don't be afraid to pick up one of his kits because they are cost effective. I mean, you can easily get one with shipping, you know, from Frank, you know, fairly inexpensive. And then you, you have to buy the, you know, a couple of parts that he said, and then you have to buy a receiver, right? Or I'm sorry, please, please uh, forgive my ignorance. The transmitter, right. And you know, a receiver as well, but yeah. Okay, okay, right. So, yeah. you, I mean, you have to get those. But once you get the one, you can use it, you can use the transmitter on... Right, various, and then you just have to get receivers for your different models, right?
3: Yeah, the transmitter is a one-time purchase. Really, got The it. ones now. They have you know like 250 model memory. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I've I've got about 70 rocket gliders ready to fly.
0: Wow, right dude! Now, seriously, right?
3: So, and I, you've, I, you've got tons of of uh, memory, and and you just select which one you you want, and you know with the, with the um, I use Spectrum, but any of the uh, okay, uh, you know, spread spectrum. Technology, right, they, they bind to a particular model, right. so you, you can't accidentally fly it on the wrong model setting, because if you're not on the right model for that receiver, it won't listen to it. So, you know, back in the old days, you had different models, but your, your receivers weren't, they were just a dumb receiver. So, you <laughs> I, I could set it, no. it on the wrong model and have your controls backwards because it, it wasn't right. But you, that doesn't really happen anymore. So, okay, yeah, that's a one-time, that's a one-time purchase. And then, um, you know, receivers can range from, you know, 10 to $30. Mm-hmm. And servos, you know, 5 to 20 bucks a piece. Um, yeah, and the little battery, I just, I just use a single 1S uh, stick battery. It's a $9 e flight. Wow. Battery and I use that for all of my gliders, from little stuff up up to my H-powered models, because the servos aren't really pulling much load. Um, Interesting. And and again, these these aren't sailplanes, right? So these are not competition long duration gliders. There's there's a market for that, and there's competitions for that, and you know these get very efficient, and they're they're basically a pod and boom. Uh, like a discus launch glider very efficient wings and they you know they'll boost very high and they'll glide for a long time that's not my bag personally okay. for for me they perform great but they all kind of look the same so if you want performance you know, right. that's great <laughs> for me i've always liked things that looked like a rocket plane or a jet fighter or something like that so yep. i make stuff that's easy to fly that looks cool and you know, you'll get a minute or two. They do look pretty cool. And, 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 um, and they're, you know, you can fly them in high wind and, um, and they're fun and you know, you don't hold up a launch for 10 minutes while they're waiting <laughs> for you flying around. And uh, they're great for school demos cause you don't need oh, to you go, you know, hundred foot area is plenty big enough to land. You don't need to worry about losing them in trees. Um, you know, it's, it's its own, it's its own thing. But, um, that's that's personally why what what I like to do. So, I'm I'm sharing the stuff that I have fun doing. And
2: you know, uh, Matt Steele has said it before. You know, I build these for you know myself and 100 of my closest friends. So it sounds like you're kind of right. doing the same thing. You know, <laughs> so you know, hats off to you guys for that. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe an um, order of magnitude smaller, but... Uh. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel that too. So, um, you know, let's talk about the motors. Go ahead and explain, like, the different types of motors that you use. I do understand they're 24 millimeter.
3: I'm, I'm using some 18s now as well. I've oh, okay. For those. So, nice. so, foam doesn't like fire. Mm. And unfortunately, as great as Estes is, the 24mm e-motors do not have a 0% <laughs> failure rate. And... When they let go, whatever the do you models mean, Frank. Are Pretty toast. It's pretty much <laughs> toast, right? So, and and their thrust curves on the on the um, the Estes motors are a much faster burn rate, right? Same as with, with many composites too. And so, if you push models very fast, you risk flutter, which means you have to make them much stiffer, which means they're a little heavier, a little more expensive because you're using more carbon fiber, cool. and they're harder to fly. So, if you don't have your trims perfect and you have a motor that burns for a second or two. And your trims aren't right. You just do a figure nine, and it's dead.
2: Got it. Right. So, so you don't have any play time at all. You you okay?
3: No, no. So these motors that I'm using are were specially designed by Aerotech for gliders. Yes. So they're an end burning motor. So they have a little slot or a little um, uh, small core on the very end, which gives you more surface area. So you get a little a little uh, spike off the pad to get you moving. So the controls are working, and then they're just a a constant linear thrust for um you know seven or eight seconds and so it's a nice gentle boost right it, it, they keep them you know around 50 or 60 miles an hour right and um it it's it's less stress on the airframe it's less stress on the pilot i've like like the uh, the yf-12 model mm-hmm. that's an sr-71 based model yes that one's stiff enough um that you can fly it on e-20s or e-30s but because of drag they they really don't go as high as the long burn motor that is pushing you slower. And it's just, it just goes much faster. So it's, it's more nerve wracking and it sounds a little cooler, but you don't really get anything out of it more than, than using the, the low thrust motors. The only, uh, and then, and then for the, so these are E6s typically for the majority of the models. These are 24 millimeter. Um, I have single use motors that I've had Aerotech build for me. And we have the reloadables, which take a special casing that I carry at an extremely good price because I've, I've ordered these in bulk that have a, fix, a, a solid uh, forward closure. These, right. these reloads won't fit properly in the standard uh, 2440 casing. They're, they're, the casing's a little too long. So this one has a fixed forward closure. So very simple to reload. You just have propellant and a cardboard liner, oh, there you an go. O-ring and a nozzle, a wow. lube it, slip it together, Boom! When you're done, you wipe it out with a baby wipe every mm-hmm. three three loads or whatever, and um, that's pack. all there is to it. <laughs> right? They they make a um, an 18 millimeter version, which is a D 2.3. Okay. Same idea. That one does. Wow, 2.3. Um, Crazy. Yes. Yeah. It's it's again. It's an eight second burn. Um, Holy moly, dude! And and those those are good for models up to about five ounces, which is what my my small ones are designed around. Okay. Um, and they'll, they'll boost to a similar altitude as the big ones. They're just smaller and they glide about the same glide time. It's all sort of, you know, Reynolds number, bigger, <laughs> okay. bigger, the air supports it, uh, you know, get a little more lift. Um, so smaller, um, isn't quite as efficient generally, but, um, now that, that 18 millimeter casing does take a, um, a plugged forward closure that I also carry. And I sell the casing with the plugged forward. That's the only way that, I am mean, I'm the only one to sell them that way. Okay. But you you don't have to use the plug forward closure, but you have to make sure that you block the forward closure so that no delay fire will get forward into the model or you can have some... So everything's designed around these longer burn motors except the X15. Okay. That one was a special case where it, it's a little too heavy for that D2.3 and the 24 millimeter E6 would be too heavy for... CG shift. So as the motor burns, it gets nose heavy and the model needs to be large enough that you can trim that shift out with a little up trim and the model's small. And so that one uses the uh, D13 or D24 reloads without the ejection charge. So that's the only one that uses a high thrust motor, but generally they, they boost extremely straight. So it's just a and it's up mm-hmm. at 400 feet, and then you're gliding it around. So if you don't touch the sticks, generally, it's over before you know it. And um, that, that's the only one that really uses a – that needs the higher thrust motors.
2: Can you add a little bit more detail about that that transition that we have from the rocket to the glider, you know, and, uh, you know, the shifting of the, you know, center pressure and the center of gravity? Like, can you kind of explain right. that a little bit? Because I know that rocketers okay. are wanting to know about how that works.
3: Right, so, so these all boost – Generally, I'm, I've designed them all to boost vertically off of a rail. So you'll see yes. gliders a lot of time boost off to kind of special pads at an angle. Those are yes. because the model is maybe a little heavier to boost vertically, and when you when you boost at an angle, the wing takes some of the weight and allows you to get faster and okay. it's a little more efficient. You can kind of zoom up. Also, a lot of high performance sailplanes have an airfoil, and so as you go faster. They'll tend to generate more lift, and they'll kind of pitch up. These okay. all have flat plate wings, so if there's no angle of attack, they don't tend to pitch. they'll just keep boosting straight interesting but they're light enough that they can do that, and it's not a problem. so that you know you can use them at a normal launch with a regular pad. Uh, you know they're on rail buttons, and there's big wings. so if you were to tip these over, right the wings or the wind will hit those, and it might bind the rail buttons. okay. But but the rail's much better because you don't get a whippy rod, especially with these big wings. The wind can, you know, twist the model and stuff. So a rail's much better in windy conditions. And as soon as it's off the rail, you can, you know, point at an angle if you want to. But, um, but the whole idea is these are designed to boost slightly tail heavy. But as by the time they out. get off the rail, oh, okay. They're, okay. they're fine for control. They're not too pitchy. Okay. And then as the motor burns, because the motor's in the tail in these, You start losing tail weight so they're nose heavy so basically you're just steering it i i like to fly downwind so the winds blowing you know from my back so it'll tend to blow the model away from me if it's going to blow it anywhere if you blow it with the the wind blowing at you the model tend to come back at you and and it can get behind you easily and it's it's i find it's harder to correct that so if there's any wind, I tend to launch so that the model get blown slightly away from me so I can see it. And and generally, you just, you know, you boost vertically or maybe a little bit away from you so you're not looking right up the <laughs> smoke trail. Some On some mornings where it's really humid, you'll get a big smoke trail and you can lose the model in the smoke trail. So, um, you know, I stand a little to the side or whatever so you get a, a good view. And you just boost it, and I, I count to about seven or eight. And Dude. when I hear it, when I hear it, start to peter out i just push it over level oh my and gosh. when it gets slow i've got a switch on my transmitter programmed to give me a little bit of up trim on the controls so most of the modern computer radios have either a flight mode which means you can have different settings on your model that are programmed to a switch position or they'll have a flap switch which when you put flaps on an actual airplane the model typically will pitch up or down depending on the design okay and so when so generally those models have a function that says when you put the flaps down you can also put a little bit of elevator trim to compensate and so i don't use the flaps but i use the elevator trim function the same way so you can use it either with a flight mode or with that and it's very easy to program i have a video uh, uh, there's a video on the on the website link and on youtube that shows how to how to program those and so you, I, I have recommended settings for each of the models. Awesome. For how much how much up trim you will need, and then it's just you know you fly a couple of times and you figure out exactly uh, you know how you built the model and, and how much movement you have and get that all trimmed out. So yeah, you just you just pitch over level and then you hit your switch and then it's in glide mode and then you're just steering it around. All right, we're gonna take a quick break.
1: We'll be right back after this time to talk about our show sponsor erockets.biz your home for unique model rocket kits as well as the world's largest selection of model rocket parts from semrock in business since 2009 erockets doesn't just stock many of your favorite in production kits they also produce their own versions of popular out-of-production models many of you have come to enjoy over the years and i want to talk about a couple new things that they just talked about at narum 62 the first one being the semrock Pro Cherokee. This is a Semrock Pro line. This is a large rocket, flies on 29 millimeter uh, motors, and it is 2.6 inches in diameter. It is 43 and a half inches long. This is an upscale of the classic Cherokee D, and of course, it's got all those great uh, uh, decals uh, from Sticker Shock. and uh, It's a it, fantastic looking rocket, and it flies. On motors, anything from F to H motors. So you could you could get this. You could f- do this with a level one if you wanted to. If you wanted to go for your high power, but it is a beautiful large rocket uh, with plywood fins, plywood centering rings, and it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. You can get that at eRockets.biz. Also, you need. I want to talk to you about this because you need a good sanding block. Now, mine that I have is the Easy Touch hand sander from Great Plains. It's a Contoured aluminum, I've got it right here. It's my contoured aluminum hand sander, and it is a great hand sander. There's just one problem a few years ago. Hobby Co., that owned a lot of hobby outlets, you may remember they went bankrupt, and it almost took Estes down, and it scared a lot of us until the Langford family came in and bought Estes and saved it. Well, Great Plains was part of Hobby Co., and they had this great hand sander, and Great Plains still seems to be around, but they don't make that hand sander anymore. And it's a great sanding block. Now, you could just take a piece of wood and wrap some sandpaper around it, but this is nice contoured sanding block, and you stick adhesive sandpaper on it, and it is perfectly flat. Well, E-Rockets now has a hand sander and it is a 3D printed hand sander. It is contoured, It uh, it is similar in shape and size to this old Great Plains hand sander. But I tell you what, they can print them on demand because they're 3D printed. And they are only $2.99 right now at erockets.biz. This is a great hand sander and the fact that it is made out of 3D printed plastic, it does not have to be aluminum. Uh, it's lightweight, it's beautiful. I was so excited when I saw this on YouTube at the the NAR YouTube channel with the Manufacturers Forum at uh, NARUM, so you got to check this out. It's the E Rocket's Contoured Hand Sander. 2 inches by 5 inches, it comes with 220 grit sandpaper, but, of course, you can get uh, adhesive sandpaper in all different grits, uh, so you can shape your fins, you can sm- sm- sand things smooth, it's great. That is also at erockets.biz. If you need parts for your custom builds, that's no problem. eRockets supplies the Semrock line of airframes, nose cones, centering rings, motor mounts, and so much more. They have more rocket parts available than anyone on Earth, so check out erockets.biz today to learn more eRockets.biz. If rocketry scares you, buy a train set. Daniel loves your model rocket questions. If you have any, send them
0: to noob at theModelRocketShow.com. That's n00b at theModelRocketShow.com. Now back to Daniel. Hey
2: everybody. It's uh, Jesse standing in for the Noob for the Model Rocket Show. We're talking with our special guest, Mr. Frank Burke from Dinosaur Rocketry. Um, great innovator for some gliders that he's uh, displaying at some you know launches nationwide and local. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. Frank, we were just discussing, you know, some of the motors that you use. One of the questions that I personally had, because when I see you here at NSL, I'm going to I'm gonna have to pick up a couple, you know, because I think I'm ready for, you know, messing with stuff like this. Uh, I have no idea and, you know, how to pilot any of the gliders or anything like that. So, you know, you had given some recommendations on some of the transmitters that you use. And then you also said that you provide settings for your gliders, you know, based on the transmitters and, and things of that nature. So my next question is, how do you transition into... Using, you know, gliders, if you've never done it before, what do you recommend as far as that goes?
3: The main thing is you need to, just just like you would in in being a full-scale pilot, you do sort of some ground school. In this case, you can get a, a flight simulator, which are available, which can help you get your left and right confusion figured out okay. and uh, kind of <laughs> learn how the controls work. Those those are not, not terribly expensive and very, very good. When I was teaching people how to fly RC, the people that would come back after having used a simulator, they had made progress, as opposed to the people that were just doing the live instruction and coming back after a week, where they kind of have to catch back up a little bit to where they were. It definitely um, buys, I, I you, could see that. buys you something. Okay. Um, and then you know, start with with a trainer. I I recommend a um, an e flight radian or there's a micro radian, and those are a motor glider, so they're an electric um, uh, glider, and okay. so you can power them up to altitude shut the motor off, glide it around getting used to dead stick, you know, where you don't have power, got it. you know and then uh, you know set up for your landings and then power back up again and you can do that and then transition to something a little more advanced that would have ailerons where you have more precise control where those those radians are more like if you if you let go of the stick, they'll tend to they, they want to stay level, okay, basically. where most of these models have ailerons and they're neutral, meaning so some of them have a little dihedral, meaning there's a little um, up up sweep in the wing. Um, those help to keep the model level unless you're forcing it to do a turn command. Ones with flat wings will generally stay in whatever position you put them in, and so those those you need to sort of correct and put them back flat when you're done doing a turn. And this makes so sense you, to me. You want Something right like that. Now you were talking about your friend George, and mm-hmm. he he had zero experience with RC, but he thought my kits were so cool. They are. <laughs> yeah. He said, "Hey, I want to learn how to do this." So he and his son both, uh, you know, started with a simulator. I think he started with a Radian, and then advanced to where he thought he was comfortable enough. And then, you know, built a couple of my kits, and you know, his seven-year-old son has flown <laughs> yeah. um, several rocket glider fights on his own, and he's doing great. Yes. So, you know, it's not really age-specific. It's just, you know, if you take a little bit of time to do that, um, it's, it's, you know, you can, you can definitely achieve that. And this is a great time now to get into RC because uh, electric flight performance on trainers, and they have safe modes which help correct you if you get into trouble. Okay. You can disable that as you get more advanced, and and you know because there's those those are great, but they don't teach you anything, right? At some point you need to, you know, be able to get out of your own situations, right? So it's but they help you transition to the point where you'd be comfortable doing that, and um, you know, replacement parts are pretty cheap, and um, you don't need to spend a lot of time building something, and then you know, crushing your soul when you destroy it. <laughs> right? But, you know, back when I when I taught myself how to fly, right, they there, there weren't any almost arfs, almost ready to fly. Right, they were wood <laughs> kits. You, had to, you know, you had to build it. You had oh, to cover man, it I with the material, and then you had to teach yourself how to fly and how to fix it, and um, hopefully you didn't destroy it uh, by before you you know got confident enough to fly it. So it's it's a great time now to be to be learning RC stuff. I, I want to make it clear that you know the the quad or the you know the the drone I yes. hate that, that term, but right, right. Those are great, but they're self-stabilizing, yeah. right? So if you take your hands off the sticks, they'll stay level, and they, you know, they they require their own skill set. But they're they're not a replacement for learning how to fly a fixed-wing aircraft that requires some airspeed, and they'll okay. stall if you get them too slow, right? That's you you need to be comfortable flying something like that. The drone will be great for learning your left, right, and and not getting confused in terms of that. But you really, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's like, you know, saying I can fly a helicopter and I can fly a fixed wing plane, right? They're different. I understand. And you know, FPV stuff, that's another one that people ask me about all the time, but it's tough because you know, when the, when the rocket boost, you're looking straight at the sky. So you have <laughs> right. no idea if you're pitching 10 or 15 degrees until you level out. Okay. Um, so I personally haven't done that. I try to keep things light and simple. Uh, you know, adding that stuff, you know, adds some weight. Um, so you'd want a model that that can handle that a little bit if you're going to try that. But you, you'd really probably want to do your boost visually and then transition over to FPV once you're in the glide mode, till you get really comfortable or have some stabilizing, you know, settings. Uh, if you want to try something complicated like that, but you know, there's a learning curve. But you know, like like anything, good.
2: You that know, sounds like fun. Some effort, and it's it's not it's not super hard. Yeah, it sounds like fun. It doesn't sound like there's a huge expense to it. I mean, you know, you kind of you're pretty transparent about everything here. There's nothing hidden, you know. So I mean, that, that that's good. Yeah. And I,
3: I have I have links to all this stuff yeah. that I use uh, on the website, so you can see what the things cost. You know, a trans, uh, you know, a decent name brand spectrum transmitter is around two hundred. Mm-hmm. But again, that's a one time purchase. You know, you can look at altimeters, and you know, altimeters can cost you know seventy five to you know one hundred fifty. Right. Right. Right more if you got GPS so you know it's not really that it, it, it's just sort of you know mentally what are you uh willing to to spend you know if you're into RC stuff that's cheap if you're into more rocket stuff it seems expensive but it's not <laughs> really it, it's not really a huge right a huge uh expense
2: So, you know, um, you started up in 2015, and uh, I remember um, one of the first uh, websites that I saw was, you know, Daniel the Noob's blog. And, uh, you know, I keep blaming that guy. That it's his fault that he kind of got me back into rocketry. Well, it's kind of your fault too, Frank, and uh, I'll I'll level with you because one of the first rockets that I wanted to find was the good old classic Estes SR-71 Blackbird. And I got like four or five of those now, and I've built one since I got back into the hobby. But, it's you know, one of the ones that I saw back in the day was yours. And, and I, I know that you're not producing the sr 71 right now, but, um, you know, once in a while, you'll kick one off. I, I've seen that. But um, one of these days, I, you know, I'm going to say it, I, you know, I am uh, I just recently got my level three certification for high power. And one of the things that I always told myself I was going to do is I'm going to get back into the modeling aspect after I did that level three, you know, and uh, one of the things I want to do is I want to build one, one of your gliders because I, I feel like I owe it to myself to... Do that, and I encourage other people. You know, listening to the show, that have been building model rockets for you know eternities and decades, to get one of your gliders and give it a shot. They look cool. I've seen them fly, and you know, if you get the components to do all that stuff, seeing those land was very gratifying. And I always preach the satisfying feeling. I can imagine how you feel landing each one of those birds on its belly every time. So you know, I encourage listeners to do the same and, and grab some of this stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean. You know, I, I was a, you know, a rocket nerd when I was little. You know, the <laughs> X-15 to me was just the coolest freaking thing ever. Right. It still, still really is to me. And, you oh, know, yeah. even at my age, boosting an X-15 and piling it back to a nose-high landing is just the coolest thing ever, right? I just, I, I nerd out every time I fly those kind of things, right? It's just, it's, um you know, if I was a kid doing this, I'd just be losing my mind because this is so neat to me, but... um it's, yeah, it's fun stuff. It's simple, simple, fun. Um, you know, I have done. You know, personally, I've done some bigger ones that use the the new Aerotech H uh, thirteen motors, which burn for seventeen seconds, and that's a hmm. real. That is a real hoot. Would one of those be, be that Avro
2: Arrow that you posted on the Rocketry Forum back in January?
3: Yep, yep. There's an Avro <laughs> Arrow. There's a uh, there's a big YF twelve sitting back there in the corner.
2: Oh, my gosh. Which that one goes wow. to about
3: 1,200 feet. And that started <laughs> getting to dude. be on the edge of uh, my vision.
2: Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Even yeah. at that size. So, you know, those those I don't kit because they're just too big. Right, right. I can't get them to fit into any reasonable size shipping box <laughs> right. without cutting them into too many pieces that wouldn't be strong enough, putting them together. And so those are just one-offs for me. But um, I think over here, you can see the nose of a big uh, Battlestar Galactica Viper. How big is yeah,
2: that those one? The, what's
3: it what's um, the... that's that's about four and a half feet tall <laughs> it's a four inch diameter BT101 okay um, awesome flies on g80s nice okay you know so you can you can do you know same they're basically just upscales with with thicker foam same, same as the kits you know you can apply the same kind of technique it's a, it's a simplistic building style that's not complicated you know there's no balsa wood there's no sanding and there's no ceiling filling right the foam stuff is very easy to work with it's all it's white you don't necessarily have to paint them it's right some um, for people like me that are extremely uh lazy um <laughs> or impatient right it's they they go together super quick
2: and the glue of choice you yeah. know that you were mentioning is available at most hobby stores i mean every time you look at ca you're going to find the foam ca right next to it so keep your eyes out for that yep. and just grab a bottle and yeah out it's there. Just,
3: it, it has to be foam safe right otherwise it'll it'll melt the foam Right, and, um, and the, the kits yeah. <laughs> the kits come with um, uh, spare pieces of foam that you can use to test your paint or glue. Oh, awesome! Uh, on um, or if you have a an accident, need to you know cut out a chunk and glue a little, you know patch in place, um, you know so that that is in there. Oh, but, that's great! Uh, you know the the stuff I recommend definitely is works.
2: So um the new technology it's available now versus what you know was available back in the day. Um has that helped you in your production on your kits at all? Like is there stuff that's available now that wasn't available, you know, 10, 20 years ago when you were into high power well, rocketry and all that?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the foam definitely wasn't available okay. in, in the right in the same, you know, the same density, smoothness, flatness, flexibility, but the right stiffness. Okay. You know, that wasn't there. When I got into R C in the, you know, mid eighties, super glue had just come out mm. for modeling. And so that was a new thing. So that was another game changer because you didn't have to wait for <laughs> for glues. And of course, you know, the the miniaturization of the rec- you know, the receiver, you know, right now the little receivers I use are seven grams. If you were to take oh, wow. it out of the case, That's it's tiny. probably more like three okay. wow. grams, right? So everything's lighter. The the you know lithium polymer batteries weren't there before. Mm-hmm. So you know you can take a little stick battery that's at like a 500 milliamp hour battery, and you know I've flown oh, you know 12, 12 flights good. in a day, and put back maybe 130 oh, back wow. into the battery. So plenty <laughs> of capacity for lots of flights and a tiny tiny little thing that's nine dollars. Right there. That that whole stuff is is has been a you know a game changer, and then of course Aerotech's um, love of long burn motors. That's the other thing that is enabled you know things to be uh, easier to to fly and manufacture them. You know there are a lot of things like the cricket cutters and laser cutters, right, 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 that would speed production kind of things. But at the volumes that I'm doing, it's just not cost effective for what I'm doing. The laser cutting also would melt the edges of the foam. Right. So you get a little bit of a hard edge. And so if you're trying to sand or bevel that, you kind of need to work through that. Not that that's not neat, um, but some sometimes the foam has a little bit of variation in thickness. So cutting in the tubes and slotting them by hand, I can get those to fit better than if it was a generic. Formulated cut you know, somehow. Laser slot, okay. right. Um, so I just, I haven't gone down that. That route, um, just because my my um, I like to slot. I just don't sell enough of these. Things.
2: I, I like to slot my own tubes with the with my guide and my Exacto knife to start, and then if I get brave, I'll, I'll use my Dremel like on the thicker phenolic stuff. But you know, for cardboard purposes, I I, I like to use my knife.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I and I've all done those those parts for you, so you don't need to worry about. Well, thank you. That in general, but yeah, so it's you know these these are all you know I cut them by hand with templates that I've made and an Exacto knife. And, you know, I do the best I can. You know, I think you'll see that in the parts. People are surprised when they open them up and they're like, geez, that didn't take very long at all, right? You know, James Duffy's put a couple together and he's like, man, you know, an hour and did a half is an exaggeration.
2: <laughs> yeah, awesome. he's like, man, I, you know, I, that, that was, you know, that was, you know. Because James is the man. If you impress James, you did pretty good, Frank. I got a question though. Like, uh, you know, I, I've seen the phone before. And uh, I have fat guy finger hands, bass player hands is what I like to call them. So <laughs> when when I bend one of these pieces of foam or I do something wrong, how do I fix that? What's the best way to do it if you don't have the patch long enough to you know fix a big crease? What, what would you recommend, man? Because I could see I this mean... happening, I ain't going to lie.
3: So, so the, the, the Depron foam, right, that, that doesn't have a cardboard skin on it like, right. like a foam board. Exactly. Right. So the problem with foam board is once you crease it, it's lost its strength. That's the problem with foam board because once that paper is bent, the, the underlying foam is very flexible. So right. you, you, you lose that. There, there are other you know, advantages to having the paper, um, but generally I don't like that material. It's heavier. Ah, uh, you have to be a little more careful painting it because of the adhesion of the paper. So I really like Depron. It's 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 uh, you know very consistent. You know it's it's more it's 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 somewhat flexible, but you know if you bend it too much, it'll crack. Right,
2: right. Is is that available like any hobby store? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, not
3: not really. It wasn't ev- actually what I'm using for my kits. I bought four years ago when the company that was importing it went out of business. Oh, and the 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 company that was importing it from. Um, uh, from Europe wow. and they changed their manufacturing technique and it wasn't coming flat anymore. It was coming curved in four Interesting. All four corners were curved. But because their market is insulation for flooring, they don't care. Yeah, because it can compress you know, this small guy that would buy a container to a year, you know, was irrelevant. So he he got too many complaints because, you know, how can you laser cut something that's curved unless you have a really strong vacuum bed? You got to mm. design that curve out of it when you put pieces together. So just recently, um, so I, I'm working off the stash that I that I still have that I'm almost done with. But a guy named Greg Tanis who okay. has uh, rcdepron.com, okay. he builds kits and he went through all of the hoops to get a container into the U.S. So now he is selling that foam. Oh, well, thanks for sharing. And, um,
2: <laughs> Hopefully you didn't give away any yeah. trade secrets there, so, but you know.
3: No, 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 no. I mean, it's what I mean. Modelers are ecstatic because there's been a couple of interim substitutions, but they've all had their problems. All right. One of one of the replacements was the the thickness had a lot of variation between sheets. You know, one side was smooth, but the other side had a lot of waves or grain to it. Got it. It was much more flexible, so you had to use more carbon fiber or use shorter wingspans. But it was, it was very formable. So if you were doing, you know, like formers and skin over a structure and you were going to sand and fill it, it was very nice. But for the simplistic flat things that I'm doing, it was problematic. And so there really hasn't been a good replacement. So, you know, you have to go out of your way. Mostly what's going to happen is you're going to hit something hard when you land, like a rock or a bush. Well, I'm also that guy and that nicks And it takes a ding. I'm
2: also that guy that his freshly painted models on the door going up the <laughs> stairs so I am that guy you know you know I've I've had more damage
3: getting my airplanes <laughs> in and out of the car oh yeah and this guy literally right just just same. so everybody yeah. know
2: th- this dude he has a really nice van that he takes you know for his long commutes but when we were in Washington this guy pulls up in this super awesome challenger and Has like seventy gliders in there? I kid you not. So it was kind of funny to see you do that. So I'm I'm surprised you packed all that stuff in the trunk of that car. That was impressive. If if I,
3: yeah, that's that. That one's tougher to fit it. It has a big trunk, but um, if I'm going by myself, I can do that. But (laughs) but yeah, I mean they're they're pretty durable. They're they're so light is is the thing, right? So you'd you'd really have to be really ham handed and you know slam a door on it to really break a wing or, right. you know, usually what's going to happen is you take That's a good. little chunk out of it. And so you either you sand it or, it, you know, it looks a little ugly for a while or, you know, you if, <laughs> if it's a clean break, you can use the super glue, use a little bit of clear packing tape on both sides, right. you know, and then eventually you'll get over that hurdle and you don't. I mean, I've, I've been flying a lot of these things for, you know, 10 years. I've got wow, you know, dude. 50 flights on Too some cool. of these things. Um, so, you know, they'll They'll last a long time if you're, you know, if you're fairly gentle with them, but um, you don't need to be afraid of of the the material. It's it's, okay. it's pretty strong, but, you know, Good to know, it is foam. So, you know, you know, if you whack into the door on your way out, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can break it, but, um, you know, you try to be a little more careful. Than, um,
2: so I'm excited to see you at NSO, man. Uh, I think, you know, it's going to be a huge event. There's going to be a lot of people there. And I think a lot of them are going to see gliders for the very first time. And I, I'm excited to have talked to you now because... I hope some people, you know, get into this with you because, you know, it's, 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 it's fun stuff. And I've seen it. I've seen the look on your face, Frank. You've been doing this so long. And when you line those things on their belly, I mean, I can see your smile and your smirk. And I hope that other people get to enjoy that as well. So that, that's the basis, you know.
3: That's really why I'm doing this. It's, is to give something back. I don't, you know, I, this, this stuff pays for my time. Okay. But I'm not, this this isn't like I imported from China and there's a 100% markup, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, this, that makes this sense. is I'm, I'm charging my materials cost and my time.
2: And you know, and the prices really on your motors and the hardware, you know, that you have on the website, that's really, really good considering the size and everything. You know, and we all know what the vendor prices are for motors, you know, for in, in, all in general terms. So I think you have really great deals on your propellants. So, I mean, that's you can tell that you're helping out your customers, and, and that's really yeah, nice of I'm you. I'm trying
3: to encourage people yeah, to try for sure. This, you know, and that, that's really what I'm doing. You know, eventually I may get burned out, but...
2: Um, that hasn't happened yet. Like anything. No, hasn't happened yet. But can you talk <laughs> about some of the models real quick?
3: So this, this is a space shuttle. This is a 172nd-ish. Uh, this model wow. is uh, about... Twenty-four inches long okay. and about a eighteen-inch wingspan. The wing's slightly oversized, right, but, um, for stability. Yeah, it looks like a shuttle. It, it's great. Um, it's uh, eight and a half ounces, ready to fly with the motor in it. Um, the nose cone just comes off. This this is a built-up nose cone, so it's it's a pre-cut um, slices. There's eleven slices. You glue them all together, okay. and then you kind of round it off to make the shape, and glue a little coupler on, and and the um, that's what holds it in. I don't know, you, the little wire there, the receiver is just sitting right up here. Too simple. And the battery, Too cool. Velcro, is right there. And um, this particular one, um, I worked with Boyce Aerospace and they have a set of uh, oh, the, plug-in nozzles. The nozzles. Yeah, fantastic. That, just for display, if if you like that. Um, this is the Buran. So it's basically the same kit. The Buran, that's a Soviet the Soviet version, Buran. right? Yeah. Right, and, and Sticker Shock does decals for both kinds. It's basically the same kit. It doesn't have the OMS pods on the back. That is because uh, they have these little. That is a cool looking huge thrusters. shuttle,
2: Frank. That is really really it's, cool. It's
3: it's a nice size, and this this one this one goes like heck. This boosts to about 750 feet.
2: <laughs> that's uh, both that's awesome. the
3: shuttles. They they go high, and you'll, you'll get about a minute and a half of glide time. It's it's a pretty good glide time, and this one also Boyce. In addition to the um, nozzles, they also make a uh, a nose cone. So if you don't feel comfortable sanding the foam, right, you can also get from them. Uh, the nozzles and the uh, nose and the cone of the three D Okay, nose cone, and and it's it's a it's a plug and play replacement. You uh, you trim the front here, the wing just a little bit. There's instructions on how to do that okay. because the this this unit is slightly shorter because of the way I have to. Yeah. So again, this this is about a it's it's a one seventy second scale. Um, the, you can you know you can get the uh, 3D printed parts from Boyce if you want to, and there's a little modification to the wing so that it lines up with the plastic nose cone versus the built-up wing, just because of the way I had to build the parts. Makes sense. It's uh, little, little you just trim a little bit off the wing, and that's it. So
2: these are the shuttle um, gliders themselves. So they don't they don't have like the solid rocket boosters or the the main no, the main booster. No, this so these this, are these
3: both take E6 E6 motors, motors right. and they boost they boost vertically uh, on their own. But they're a nice, uh, you know, representation. Couple of my smaller ones. This is the um, Star Clipper. The Star Clipper is the so air, this, the Condor
2: looking airplane.
3: You're you're thinking of the um, the Valkyrie, probably. Oh, okay. This is just kind of like a, um, you know, business jet looking rocket plane, uh, low wing, a uh, little bit of dihedral, and uh, this uses BT60 tubing. And um, okay, uh, this this weighs five ounces, ready to fly, and it wow. uses the little eighteen millimeter motors. Okay. The Valkyrie is the other one. This is based kind of on the XB70 Valkyrie bomber, oh, okay. with the Twin Tails, and the high-mounted delta wings. Nice big wings. Tri- Same triangle be, uh, span
2: for the fins for the wings there.
3: Right again, five ounces, ready to fly. Um, BT60 based uh, as well. BT60, yep. Yeah, for the uh, for the eighteen millimeter, this one is called the uh, Iron Cross. That's my favorite looking one that you have. This is a <laughs> uh, sort of a pseudo. Uh, Oh, if if Germany had made a uh, rocket plane in World War One <laughs> as a monoplane, this is my idea of what it would have would have uh, looked like. It's a, it's a BT uh, eighty tubing, so two point six inch tubing, like the shuttles. Okay. And with a uh, a um, big Bertha style
2: rounded nose cone,
3: nose cone, and a uh, World War One style uh, biplane uh, vertical stabilizer, and the wings are kind of. Uh, bird-like so they're kind of curved and swept and they have scalloped trailing edges and the the, the inspiration for this was the old um, rc airplane called the uh, das ugly stick <laughs> and that's where this color scheme with the red and the white stripes on the wings and the iron
2: crosses but, it looks um, fabulous you, uh, i invite everybody to go can, to your website to take a look at this one for sure you know and the
3: the, the these are all uh, sticker shocks decals all the pictures you see on the website use his decals and um you can see the little um machine gun decals (laughs) that it comes with as well this is the uh, yf-12 so this is an interceptor version that they made of the Uh, sr-71 the the chines are a little shorter and they uh, cut off and that's because um this was for launching missiles so you had a radar in the nose so it had to use a rounded nose for the radar to fit in there and um this is the currently the sr-71 styled model that i make and this one because of the shorter chines and the rounded nose cone, it's a little simpler to make, and it's about an ounce lighter than the SR71 kit. Interesting. And I don't have to get custom 3D printed nose cones. Okay. Made, so it's less expensive, lighter, flies better, and it still has that great, uh, great look. Again, uh, sim- simple to put together the way I've done it. But uh, this is a good flying model, and this, you know, if you have good mo- uh, flying skills, you can use higher thrust motors with that one. Probably the one I'm. Most proud of is this little X fifteen. His X
2: fifteen is amazing, yes. guys. Uh, I've a uh...
3: this. This is a uh, one one twenty first or one twentieth one twenty first scale. Okay. X fifteen. So this is the same size as the uh, Apogee kit, but this is designed from the ground up to be RC and it's much lighter. This this weighs seven and a half ounces, ready to fly with the motor
2: installed. That's fantastic.
3: So it's BT sixty. Um, it has the, uh, you know, the nice chines. This is a 3D, you know, model with the canopy and all. And um, flies flies really, really nicely. It's, it's, uh, it's fairly scale. It's, it's really, you know, the, the X-15s I've done are, are the only kits that anyone's ever done of an RC-able x X-15. X-15, perfect. And I think the last one, this is the Aurora Clipper. This is another uh, BT-60 or BT-80. Uh, model with a uh, PNC 80K nose cone. Nice, big plane. And this is about um, oh, 36, 37 inches long with a 23-inch wingspan. And it's a low-wing, delta-wing with a little bit of dihedral. Sticker shock has decal sets. This this one has TWA <laughs> right. decals just because I, I thought Transworld sounded more spacey than uh, Pan Am. But uh, he <laughs> does do Pan Am decals for this too for the 2001 space odyssey fans out there uh, kind of retro there go. Uh, but he can do any any airline kind of scheme you want but um and again this this one's about 10 and a half ounces ready to fly uh on the e6 uh, motors as well so you know we carry the motors single use motors as well as uh reloads i try to carry everything that that you uh, would need other than the radio equipment which which is fairly uh it's, it's sort of a personal choice uh, RC guys get very personal with what kind of radio equipment, <laughs> servos they like to use. So um, it'd be too hard to
2: carry to carry that. Space. No, I understand. You know, I, I know that you still build rockets, and uh, um, I kind of want to ask you. You know, if there's something that you're willing to share about what you might potentially fly at um, NSL. Um, you have a, a round uh, foam rocket that you're going to be putting up this year.
3: Um, I'm not sure if I'll fly it at NSL. It depends on the um, on the landing surface.
2: And it's how kind of it. rough.
3: So I, I do. Yeah. So I do, I, I, it, it all depends on how. So I'm, I'm renting a van to go there because my van's 21 years old. Oh, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to rent a van to go there uh, this time. Um, and so it depends how much I can cram in there because I want to bring all of the gliders and the kits and stuff. And I'm going to fly for that. If I have room, I'm going to throw my, uh, my eight inch diameter uh, Titan two <laughs> in the back. Um, and that's, that's an all foam. Rocket. It's built up with stringers, centering rings, <laughs> foam skin, foam guys, vinyl, vinyl covering, wow. and um, it's it's about seven feet tall and weighs about five and a half pounds with an I two hundred five in it, and so that'll that'll boost to about eleven hundred feet, which is is plenty high, and you get to see the whole uh, deployment. I am going to NCR's uh, launch the following week, right? Which is more of a grassy Mile high area. Mayhem. Yep. So um, if I can fit that in the van, I probably will fly it there. It's just, um, uh, you know, with the with the foam structure and the and the fins, it's a little um, less tolerant of abrasive surfaces.
2: Than, that makes sense to me. Yeah,
3: I where, where I normally fly in Washington uh, is on a soft. And I was going to say
2: you so soft, fly at the sod farm, right? Soft grass. So, so your well, friends are good I old binder out there, and, aren't you? John Thompson yep. I, don't, I don't
3: fly out at, at, at Eastern Oregon so much because it's a sagebrush. Right, right, right. And a sagebrush isn't very uh, nice to foam. The reason I started doing SR 71 based kits is because people were paying stupid money on eBay for Hobby Lab SR 71 models, which back in the day, that was a great kit. Now, you know, 20 years later, you know, the airframe's still fine, but, you know, old technology servos, sliding mechanical trays, a little bit smaller, you know, not, not, I mean, you shouldn't be paying $200 for that model unless you're a collector and you just got to have one of those things. Right. I understand. That's why I wanted to make these so that, you know, you could make something to fly. It wouldn't be quite as fragile. And, um, you know, you weren't going to be heartbroken if you, if you did do something to it. So I'm, I'm hoping that people, you know, build, build them and fly them. And that's what they're there for. They're, they're not fancy looking, you know, they come, I mean, the, the, you know, it's a plane. Plain cardboard box, no pictures. I don't want to charge you for that kind of stuff. Your
2: website already has most of those instructions on there, right? That, Just,
3: that's the only place the instructions
2: yeah, so are. So th- there's a you can go and take a look at there it with now. With the name of the model. Okay.
3: Every, everything's online, and the advantage of that is, you know, if I have a, a mistake, I can fix it immediately or update something.
2: Frank, you know, um, I, I'm I'm really, like like I said before, I'm really, you know, honored to be able to talk with you about this. Um, This is something I've been wanting to do for a while. So, you know, I have a little bit of a personal vendetta to (laughs) be the one that got to talk to you today. So, you know, thank you, Noob, for, you know, letting me step in and talk to Frank, you know, for you guys. And if any of you have any questions for Frank, I mean, feel free to reach out to us on, you know, the Model Rocket Show. And, you know, you can always message Frank directly. Um, If there's uh, any questions or anything that you have, you know, feel free to reach out because, you know, he'll answer any of your questions for you. And very accessible. You know, we appreciate the work that you've done for the industry and the hobby, Frank. So thank you so much.
3: Thank, thanks very much, and
1: thanks thanks for having me. I appreciate the, the time and the forum. All right, thanks a lot, Jesse, you of The Rocketry Show for taking over for me and chatting with Frank Burke. Thank you so much, Frank, for coming on The Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. Again, you can find Dinosaur Rocketry at our website, themodelrocketshow.com. In the show notes, we're going to link right to Frank's website so you can go check out those beautiful kits and pick yourself one up. That's really it. If you like the show, uh, please share it with a friend. Tell someone about it. Uh, It's always fun to run into somebody at a launch who has been listening to the podcast. Really enjoy that. And uh, if you need to get in touch with us, you can send me an email noob at the That's n00b at the uh, I do check that email most days uh, and every now and then I get something that ends up in my spam filter and I don't see it for a while, but I do check that, uh, <laughs> check that folder every now and then. So if I don't get right back to you, uh, just hang tight and I'll get to you as soon as I can. All right, that's it. That's The Model Rocket Show at themodelrocketshow.com. See you next time. This show is
0: brought to you by the support of our sponsors and listeners. If you wish to support this show for just a few dollars a month, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash therocketryshow. Don't forget to check out our sister show, therocketryshow.com, a program that is all about advanced in high power rocketry. The views and opinions expressed on these programs are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Little Beth Entertainment or its sponsors.